0: Uh, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Seahawks Weekly right here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in the heart of downtown Bellevue. Joining us right now, linebacker for your Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner. How you doing, my man? I'm
1: doing well, man. Can't complain.
2: <laughs> it's okay.
1: I know, right? They're quiet today. <laughs>
0: they kind of quiet. Let's let's get right to it, Bobby. You're having a career season. Last year, you had 167 tackles on the season. This year so far, you are at 100 tackles on the season with five games left to play. How do you see this season going for you?
1: Um, for myself or for the team? Well,
2: l-
0: let's go both. Let's go both. For yourself first, and then we'll go for the team.
1: Um, for myself, I, you know, obviously you hope to, to make a little bit more tackles and add some interceptions and sacks in, in a there. Um, but I think the most important thing is is to win our division. I really... You know, all the individual stuff is cool, but, you know, if you're sitting at home, you know, while everybody else is playing in the playoffs, that sucks. The individual stuff don't really mean nothing. So, um, you know, I think uh, as long as we continue to do what we've been doing and focus and and really just be on the details, we'll be fine.
0: Well, then let's address the elephant in the room
1: then. You know, everybody's talking about... uh, There's there's an elephant (laughs) in the
3: room? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's sitting right there.
0: We'll talk to him in a minute. Everybody's talking about with Cam Chancellor... Richard Sherman and Cliff Averill out for the season. How is this defense doing at this time right now?
1: Um, I think we're doing good. Um, you know, obviously it, it sucks to lose those guys, and, and those guys are such a big part of our defense. Um, but we do feel like, you know, coming into the season, you know, we had um, pretty good depth. And, um, you know, this was an opportunity to show that and show how, how deep our team is and, and um, you know, what we are capable of doing. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't expect those guys that, that you know, follow a cliff or – a Cam or a Sherm to be them. We we expect to bring your own uniqueness to to defense, and and, uh, I feel we're doing that. The more we play with each other, the more we learn each other and
4: communicate, and, uh, you know, we just have fun out there. Bobby, coming into this game, today I saw an article I was so happy to see. KJ was – he was heard saying, don't sleep on us. I start to see this chip building on the defensive shoulder because everybody thinks – Okay, no Cam Chancellor, no Richard Sherman, but we got NFL MVP here in Bobby Wagner. You got KJ. You got some really good players. And I, do you guys hear that noise? That it's starting to be like they're favored coming in here. And I love it when you guys play with a chip on your shoulder.
1: I feel like we always play with a chip on our shoulder. We always, um, you know, we're a team that you know always finds something to, to keep us pushing. But. Um, you try not to pay attention to it. We don't care, you know, if we're sleeping on us, That's just your fault. Um, you know, we're going to wake you up eventually. But, um, you know, we're not worried what everybody else Thing As long as the guys in the room um, believe and, and know that we can get it accomplished, that's really all that matters. You know, everybody else, you know, our team is, is used to proving doubters wrong. We've been doing it since I've been here. So um, this is not nothing new.
2: You know, he, he mentioned NFL MVP. Well, hard to do because you got these quarterbacks out there defensive mvp in the nfl for sure well the that's
4: what i meant that's what well he meant, i know
2: Paul. i'm just well that's not what they heard why can't he, he be the nfl player of the year i'm saying he can't he but let me get to my, my point is last year you were in that running too luke keekley and you have been talked about as the best middle linebackers this year last year talked about just do you think this is a better year for you personally compared to last year because last year was pretty impressive too
1: um, I think both years are, are impressive in their own right. Um, I feel like, you know, obviously the tackles, you know, uh, setting the record in tackles was something amazing, and this year is just, um, you know, just the way I feel like, you know, I'm scoring more, so that that, that brings a little bit more joy, a little bit more fun to it. But um, I think each year you got to treat it, you know, different and, and um, appreciate each year because, you know, as you see, you know, you never know when this game is going to be taken, taken away from you. So, you know, you got to appreciate it, and, and that's all I'm doing. I'm just going out there and really just giving my all for the fans and, and trying to have as much fun as I possibly can while I'm here.
2: Would, would an MVP defensive would that – I hate saying what would that mean to you, but, you know, I mean, take that the team side part away. You know, you're a Utah State kid coming to the Seahawks in the Northwest. You know, how much would that really mean to you?
1: Um, it would be an honor. It would be a blessing. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you sit – like I said, uh, um, you sit there and – You idolize um, linebackers growing up, and you see the things that they were able to accomplish in their career, and you hope that you um, are able to accomplish those things as well. So, uh, you know, it will definitely be an honor. It's not something that you necessarily pay attention to because you don't want to get lost in in thinking about that and, and start losing games and not playing at your best. So... I don't really focus on that, I just you know, go out there and play my game and everything else is going to work out
4: itself. Who are some of those guys that you idolized when you were growing up that, that you wanted to pattern your game after?
1: Um, obviously, Ray Lewis, um, Brian Urlacher, um, Derek Brooks, um, Lofa Tatupu, uh, Junior Seau, Ken Norton. Um, you know, I, I still watch their film today, So I, I, you know, you try, even though Norton film is hella old. Like, it's, it's he, really... He, Dave Wyman uh, understands hello. Yeah, it's uh, so like, it's, it's uh, really... Grainy, black and white Yeah, grainy, grainy is very far. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, you just got to keep studying. Like, I feel like those guys I look up to, I still look up to them today.
4: And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have
1: a relationship with most of them.
4: I'll give you one assignment. Go back and look at Dick Buckus, if you can find any of that.
1: That's probably gray and white. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely sure. Yes. But I actually, thing, I actually no did question. watch a couple of his films. It's not did like you, it was a lot. I mean, they don't have yeah. cameras back then. Right. Oh, but, uh, come on. They had hammers, Bobby.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's throwing a shot at you. <laughs> All right. But but one thing I would say is we watched a, a highlight tape of him when I was playing. I think he – I don't want to be dramatic, but he sort of revolutionized the game in the way that he didn't just tackle people. He was trying to punish them. And I, I think that's, that's the one thing that, like, he broke a barrier there. Like, guys used to just come up and, and tackle, and he wanted to hurt people. And so that's where, you know, I think that, that guy was a little bit – Maybe it's a little overdramatic calling That's it revolutionary. You you know, I get But it. I, like, I like that part. Of it.
0: We're joined here by Bobby Wagner here on Seahawks Weekly. Take us back to the play. San Francisco 49ers, you get that crazy interception. You just took the ball like Debo away from Trent <laughs> Taylor in that situation. Take us into that play in that moment. What did you see?
1: Um, I just recognized the route. Um, you know, I felt like I got a little bit of a slow break uh, on it. But, um, you know, as soon as I got there, I tried, to, I tried to hit him, and I noticed he didn't really have the ball in his hand, so I tried to go for it. And The next thing I know, it was on my shoulder. And so I just tried to crowd it in and, and get up as fast as I can and try to score. Hopefully the refs didn't see that, but
3: they did.
0: <laughs> as the years pass, do you find yourself preparing for games differently than you do since from the time you
1: were a rookie? Uh, Well, I think I prepare for getting smarter. Uh, You know, I know what to look for. Um, I have a routine uh, on the way to break down uh, film and break down teams that that works for me, that helps me understand uh, what they got going and play fast. Because I think you got to find a balance between having uh, a lot of information but not having so much information that makes you slow. So I feel like I got a good balance between that. And, you know, by game time, my my head is clear, and I'm just going out there and just trying to excite everybody. Well,
0: what... what, what do you see with the Eagles so far? I mean, we, we don't get to watch the film. You've watched the film. I mean, you could. We could, but I'm, I'm too lazy. I got other stuff to do. You know what I mean? But what is it that you have seen on film so far with this 10-1 Philadelphia Eagles team coming to town?
1: Um, obviously, you see uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, he definitely uh, stands out. Um, you know, they got a lot of playmakers, uh, a lot of people that, you know, go out there, and they, they look like they're having fun out there. Um, uh, the running game is really well they're, real, they're well balanced but uh, you know I feel like you know if we come out there and do what we're supposed to do um, I think we can we can get him you know pressure him get in his face and
4: and hopefully get a couple sacks. Bobby first of all you're a great pass rusher but and I asked KJ this I know what KJ's answer would be interception big hit or sack what, what's the most fulfilling for you it
1: depends. What I mean, inter- what type of interception is it? a crazy interception, or is it just a basic interception?
4: Any kind of interception.
1: So you said interception, pick, or big or hit. hit, big hit, big uh, hit
2: sack, big yes yeah, sack. Big.
1: I'm, I'm gonna go with the uh, the big hit. Yeah, I'd rather go with the big hit.
4: You had one last year against uh, Todd Gurley on a third down where you came up and just stoned him. That was a pretty good. Oh, one. the fourth down. Yeah, or it was oh, fourth right. down. Yeah, I think it's fourth yeah. and one. Yeah. Right. So. But interceptions, you know, I know for KJ, he's only got one. He's so good in coverage. I, I feel like he's very close to just having an explosion of, of interceptions. But that, that one doesn't appeal to you as much probably because you have so many. No, I love interceptions. <laughs> I just feel like, like
1: I'm like an energy guy, like vibes. I feel like if you get a big hit, the crowd go crazy. Yes. I mean, they go crazy for interceptions too, but right. I feel like they walk away from the game remembering that hit and that hit can last a lot longer than an interception.
2: You know, this game's evolved. You're talking about hits. So, you know, you, you can't hit like you used to seven, eight years ago. Um, so take me back your rookie year. Now it's fast forward all the way here. How much has your game evolved in and in, in pick one, in the running game? Maybe how you take on blocks. Maybe pattern recognition because I'm going to take that interception. You said you didn't get a great break on it, but they run a tight end down the middle to try and influence you. He looks to his right. You don't take a false step at all and then he comes back hard to your right his left and and you you did make a good break by the way it, sure. you did yeah. I, I was like wow he wasn't influenced at all would you have made that play your rookie year
1: uh if i did it was on accident it, it definitely wouldn't have been on purpose uh but you know now it's de- things are happening on purpose i feel like rookie year you kind of just fell into things you're just playing as fast as you can you just out there with a chicken with your head cut off but you know now it's, it, all my movements are controlled all my movements are um they have thought process to them you know now i'm baiting people versus trying to um you know just figure it out
4: the same thing in that yeah. first san francisco game i thought you took a little step to kind of bait brian hoyer to throw that pass that you picked off i
1: mean i knew it was there i knew that i was there i just wanted to you know kind of show a little bit of color but i felt like i could have got a better break which would have it could have been a pick six versus just a pick. What,
2: what have you made the biggest improvement from your rookie year now, in the run game or the pass game? Spadding recognition or just reading reading trap? I mean, what, what is it you think you've made the biggest leap on?
1: Probably the pass game um, because I feel like I've always been good at the run. I like to use my hands. I like to go down. I, I can recognize the runs, you know, like the back of my hand, but the pass games kind of didn't come like that. So, you know, I put a lot of work into recognizing concepts and, you and, um, you know, I feel like that's probably where I got best at.
2: They they, they should blitz you more, though. They should put you one-on-one yes, on one with mean, the center or a fullback all
1: day. I will give you the number, and you go out there tell <laughs> them I, them. I will
2: call Rashard for you, man.
1: <laughs> We're joined here by Bobby Wagner right here on Seahawks
0: Weekly. Bobby, tell us about your relationship with K.J. Wright.
1: Um, we have a great relationship. Uh, I feel like... It was one of those things where, you know, I was fortunate enough to come in not only with a guy like that, but he was around my age, so, you know, we can relate. It would be one thing if I was 21, you know, coming in with a 30-year-old. But it was, you know, I was 21, he was 22, and, and we just kind of just hit it off. And, and uh, you know, he helps me play really fast because you got a guy out there that thinks just like you, that, that understands what you want to do. And, and, you know, we've been playing so long, it's like he can look at me and I, I can be like, all right, I'm going to take this shot, cover me. And vice versa. So, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really dope relationship.
0: But you guys argue a lot. Can you tell everybody about that? You guys disagree a lot on, on topics. Now, on the football field, you guys are on the same page. Off the football field, it just seems like topics you guys disagree on a lot. I'm just trying to pull the covers back so people can get a window into it. Well, that's, Talk to it.
1: That's because KJ think he right all the time. And <laughs> he think he's really good at Jeopardy. So I just try to find... <laughs> As many questions that he can't answer, and it frustrates him. I think that's 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 where it is. You know, it's a lot of things that you know, KJ. You know, I try to challenge him in, in trivia and in, in Jeopardy. He wants to go on Jeopardy, so whoever runs Jeopardy, um, let KJ get on Jeopardy. <laughs> Alex, and Turbank. then let me do the questions. I bet you he'll be off in in, in ten minutes. You know, we um,
4: used to watch uh, Jeopardy in between practices and after. Afternoon yeah, practice. That's, that's so what y'all watch? Yeah, you're going in with Alex Trebek? You watching that? Huh? You are talking about that type of, on TV, Jeopardy?
1: I, I don't watch Jeopardy. KJ watched Jeopardy. KJ. Oh, he's <laughs> the only one that watches. it. <laughs> he did. Okay. I yeah. just got into Game of Thrones. Like. Oh
2: <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you, uh, I, I know you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week, and, and you're watching mostly offense but you get a chance to watch their defense? Because Dave and I were talking. They remind us a lot of you guys over the last five or six years in that they have drafted guys and got guys on the team who love to play the game. They're having fun. They are flying around. It's a fun team to watch. It won't be fun this weekend, but, you know, you watch film against what they do. you get a chance to watch them? And this is a game you're going to have to outplay their defense.
1: Um. Not necessarily. Well, but,
2: I threw that one out to see how you take the bait on it. But.
1: I mean, that's a good. I'm not really a bait guy, <laughs> so um, no. Nah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, other than what I see on highlights and stuff, um, if I'm not, if I'm not playing, if we're not playing them, or if they don't have a, you know, I like to watch other linebackers. Um, so you know, I watch them occasionally, but you know, I, I don't see much besides you know what the highlights are. But right. who's you know, good?
4: Who, do you like a linebacker there on their on their team?
1: Yeah, I like Kendricks. Um, Hicks, you know, but he's not. He's not playing. Um, there's another guy. I think is. Bradham, mm-hmm. yeah, fifty-three. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like play. how he played too. Yeah. Um, you know, so I like to watch this guy. Yeah. And you, know, you
2: guys played a couple? teams. You played the Redskins, so you probably saw some film on their defense when you were playing them. But um, they're they they're just a team that looks like you guys having, having fun on on. on he really want to compare
1: guys. the the team. No,
2: because I, I, I really don't. Because you guys are are better. But it's and it's not about matching because they play a different defense. They play more of a shell. They're not playing three D, you know, man up. They're different. It's just the fun part. We just all said, and you mentioned it too. We watch them. They're they're just having fun. So i was just curious if you had a chance to watch their D at all. So. Yeah,
1: no, I haven't. I haven't watched much of them. All I see is the the um, the highlights on TV when they take a pictures in, in the end zone. Uh.
2: <laughs> no, can't have that. You ever
4: you ever have a, a guy KJ and I talked about this where. Somebody comes across the field, another linebacker, and says something to you. Do you go talk to the other linebackers? Because I always thought, like, if, if anybody ever came over, like, when I was playing, a guy named Gary Reasons came over and said, Hey, you do a good job. I've been watching on film. That's pretty awesome when you get that kind of praise from other guys that do your job. How often do you talk to guys? Do you hear that kind of feedback? Um, during the game, not too often.
1: I'll not be kind of. Yeah after. yeah, after the game is cool. During the game, I, I'll be talking trash. So. Okay. Um, you know, especially last week when we played Brock, so I was talking to him the whole game. Okay. Um, but no, it's, it's it's a dope feeling when you got guys that come up and say they watch a film and, and um, you know they like what they see and they be trying to you know trying to copy what you do. So it's just a testament of the hard work that you put in.
4: Is there anybody that uh, stood out to you that you were like, wow, that was that was cool? Well, a player that you played that or, or or saw or grew up watching or whatever. That, uh, that came over and gave you that kind of compliment?
1: I think it's more like it's more quarterbacks, you know, the quarterbacks that you okay. look up to after they get done playing with you, like, you know, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, you know, those guys have came up to me and complimented me on my game. So, you know, watching, you know, those guys have been playing for a long time. So That's even better. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, that's, that's a dope feeling.
0: These are the football guys I, I tend to ask and go off topic and go, you know,
1: Okay, Have what a you got? Fun. What you got? We know
0: what you could do on the field. You got 100 tackles. Great job. What do you do off the field? When you're not playing football. You ain't going to just
1: throw that out there like that. That like, you got 100 tackles? All right, go ahead.
0: You got 100 <laughs> tackles. Are you going to beat
4: 167?
0: You want me to talk about that? You gonna
1: beat I can't. Yeah. Anything's possible.
0: Okay, good. Good deal. I got five games. <laughs> when Bobby Wagner's not playing football and he's not at the practice facility, what's Bobby Wagner doing off the field?
1: In the offseason or during the season? During
0: the season. Right now. What are you
1: doing at? During the season is pretty hard. I'm pretty focused. Um, like, I spend majority of my time is, is, you know, that's not, you know, with football. It has something to pertain to football because you take taking care of your body, doing all that stuff. But, you know, I like to, um, I like to go to the movies. I like to do yoga. Um, like I said, I've been trying to catch up on Game of Thrones before Season 8 come out. Um, I read a lot. And, uh, you know, I like to chill with my family. That's pretty much it. I'm really what, chill.
2: What, what about, not that you got a long time to go, but what about life after football? Are, are you already preparing for that? And more of what do you want to do to keep yourself busy and competitive?
1: Dang, I mean, I hope I'm playing for a little longer than I, I that. Say, I'm moving
2: it out there a ways, but you know, just at some point, you know, you gotta got to start thinking about that stuff.
1: The older guys got the future. Ouch. questions. You know. Yeah, I, I, I never knew what I was going to do. I just wanted—I'd um, still be playing football if I could. Exactly. Yeah. No, I just feel like um, that's that's what I use my off-season time for. Um, you know, I go and I, I, I intern at different businesses, and you know, because business is something that I have a passion about. Uh, so, you know, I. I Doing as much studying as I possibly can, seeing what type of businesses interest me, um, try to build as much connections as I possibly can so, you know, whenever I'm done, I could just make that transition. You know, my ideal um, situation is to have something going, you know, during the season that, you know, when football kind of cuts out, I could just stop doing football and put my my sole focus on uh, whatever business endeavor that I have. So um, that's my plan. Um, is it going to go that way? You know, we'll see. But that's that's what I'm looking for. You,
2: you got all the options in the world. I try, Bobby. You're playing some great
1: football. Like I said, I mean, you had 167 tackles last year. This year, you have 100
0: ta- tackles right now with five games left to play. What's some some of the training that you're doing in the off season to prepare yourself for this type of work?
1: Um, you know, I train at, at uh, Tracy Forrest's place, and, and he gets us he gets us right, man. I love training. Out there, You know, K.J. comes down. You know, we have a lot of linebackers come down, and, and we, just, we just have fun. We compete. Uh, we talk trash to one another. We push one another. Um, and the, our training in the offseason is, is pretty dope.
4: Is K.J. the tightest buddy, you think, on the team, the guy you hang out with the most?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely K.J. Um, K.J. and Richard are definitely definitely two of my tightest.
4: I remember seeing a thing last year where you guys did a linebacker trip with Brock Coyle. You all went to Montana, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. It was so cold. You guys were on like uh, snowmobiles or something like that. Yeah, it
1: was crazy because we was in the snowmobiles and then a a bison ran up. Like like four bison's just stopped in the middle of the road, and um, apparently we found out the woman or the women one are the craziest ones, and which is not surprised. But anyways, um, (laughs) but that was that was interesting because. I really thought the bison was gonna tip our, our thing over, and I didn't yeah. know how I was gonna do it. Was I gonna punch a bison? Or <laughs> yeah. I you thought it, about yeah. it? How
4: would you fare? I mean, you just yeah. what would you do? Like just tackle? I mean, I get do a what couple. What you do best?
1: I think I would get a couple hits in, and I take off. Would yeah. you use
2: your hands or your shoulder?
1: Probably I'm going with the uppercut, okay. for sure. See, upper, I, uppercut is, is the go-to. I would
4: just say stick with what you do best, man. I mean, you 167 I mean, tackles, and you've got to tackle them. That's a lot of
0: weight to try to tackle. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Bobby, uh, we wish you all the best of luck the Thank rest you. of the season. Thank you. In Appreciate particularly you guys. this Sunday night, we want you to get down. We'll be cheering for you. I'll be clapping Hercules, Hercules. I really appreciate you, you jumping. Do it? Yeah, just like that. Okay. I appreciate you hanging we'll out we'll with us. we put
1: you way at the
0: top. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bobby Wagner. Thanks to Bobby Wagner, for joining us here appreciate for Seahawks Weekly. Appreciate him. Coming up next, Max mm. Strong, former fullback for your Seattle Seahawks. He joins us right here on Seahawks Weekly. Ah, welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Seahawks Weekly right here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. Our special thanks to Bobby Wagner for stopping by. What a great, great time it was to have Bobby here, and uh, can talk to him all day. Talk to him about football on the field, both on the field and off the field. All the things that he gets to do. So uh, really I spent some time him. with
4: him uh, filming a uh, roofing commercial.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah, Did you I have forgot to ask? That was question. your T-shirt
4: yeah. tucked into your jeans? Yes or no? Of course mm. not. It wasn't a T-shirt. It was a jersey. Was it tucked in? Back. You know what? They I'm came, just asking, was it tucked I can, in? It was not tucked in, Gene. Okay. I'm telling you. All right. And then here's the other thing. <laughs> I was just glad that they got my number right. Oh. They knew what my number was. Well, you know because what? Because back when I played, there was no. Did they call you internet. Steve?
0: I've been wanting to tell you, Dave Wyman, you look good in them jeans, man. You still look good in jeans and cargo that shorts. was not
4: doing me any good at all. Joining
0: geez. us on the phone right now, former <laughs> Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman, my good buddy, Ray Roberts. What you no good,
3: Ray? No, oh, nothing much, man. Just laying here watching some Monday Night Football. Are you laying on the bed <laughs> or the couch? Just want to get couch. It's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's Thursday. Uh, I, my bad. Thursday. <laughs> All right. Uh, What's that, Ray? Go ahead.
0: Uh, hey, what'd you see? What'd you see with the offensive line? You definitely got to tell us you saw improvement, Ray. I know you. You, you usually you keep it one hundred. What'd you see with the offensive line on Sunday?
3: Well, the thing that I like, and they really didn't get a chance to develop it, is the the right side of the line. I didn't think that Jokel, uh was going to be able to be as physical as as uh, Dwayne Brown is, but they seem to have found like some early chemistry. Like I like with the same with Posick over there, they're getting more vertical push, so they're getting more push towards the goal line versus towards the sideline, and so it gives the run back a chance to get up in the hole before he makes cuts, and it uh, displaces the line of scrimmage. So. Um, I like that. I like what I've seen in that. And then also, like, I've been watching just little things with Afedi, how he's uh, kind of playing a little bit more like Dwayne Brown and developing a punch, attacking guys earlier and not letting them get uh, so far up the field before he engages them. So there's some things like that that I like. And I love Pocic. So uh, I I like the look of the offensive line.
2: I was going to ask you about Posick because I think we know what we get from the other guys. You know, they played in enough games. With Posick, he's been on the left side. He's, you know, preseason. He's playing some tackle. I tell you what, uh, Big Ray, I, I was really impressed with his one-on-one pass protection. Is, is that his strength? I, I think uh,
3: his real strength is that physically he has a lot of confidence. Even though that he, he may not be the most athletic or the biggest or the strongest, but he has confidence physically, and so he really enjoys attacking guys. He en- he enjoy- enjoys keeping it close and-, and noisy, you know, and so he's like right up in the grill and he finds work all the time. So if he's free, he's open. If he's to get up to the second level, he's trying to finish blocks and all those kinds of things. But I think he's better. I think he's going to be an all-pro guard. I'll just put it that way. I thought that from the first time I saw him in training camp that I didn't think he was a tackle. He could be a backup center, but he's going to be a really good guard.
4: Hey, Ray, I'd like to ask you more philosophical questions because I like the way you think. Explain Alex Collins to me because, you know, we we talked about sort of uh, unlocking someone's talent and you know, sometimes it's certain words that, that you hear or certain kind of coaching or a certain kind of system. How do, how do we explain Alex Collins? Because I think the running game is a lot on the running backs as well, at least, you know, maybe more than 50%. And Alex Collins is uh, playing in Baltimore at a level that we did not see here.
3: Yeah, well, you know, sometimes I think it's system. Sometimes, uh, you know, we're not in the locker rooms and, and all the meetings. And sometimes a, a player kind of, loses confidence or or loses perspective on the team's confidence in them. And so you start to press a little bit or mentally you're not as focused. And I heard um, someone talking about uh, Collins in Baltimore the other day, and they just said he seems like he's running more free. And so that, to me, says something about uh, how he may not have felt that when he was here. And so he's getting to run the way he likes to run versus trying to be, you know, the second or third Marshawn Lynch.
0: You're listening to the Seahawks Weekly, and joining us by the phone is Ray Roberts. Ray, I do think the Seahawks are going to win on Sunday. What do the Seahawks need to do in order to beat the Eagles this Sunday, though?
3: Well, I think that they're going to have to obviously move the ball. They're going to have to score early. Uh, I think, you know, to help the defense uh, not be exposed to some of the weapons and things they have on offense, ball control is going to be a big key, keeping the defense fresh. Uh, giving the Eagles a long field to work with, not turning the ball over, getting the short field. And then I think, you know, I think Russell has to come out and set the tone uh, on offensively. He has to come out and be sharp, move the ball, don't make turnovers, uh, don't take sacks and those kinds of things. And I think if they if he can get confidence in the offense going and scoring early, then I think they have a chance.
2: We get we to get asked a bunch, you know, will they turn this running game around? And, and I think they have an offensive line they're comfortable with. Is it more important now moving forward to, to stick with run one running back? Would you stick with Lacey or would you would you try to find, you know, that spark maybe in Davis?
3: Well, you know, the, the thing is after watching all the backs, I think they're all very capable of getting to the holes and, uh, and finding the yards that's there. I think now the running game is what I've been talking about pretty much all season, Paul, is like they have to develop a running game in a way that they can convert a few third downs They can uh, gain positive yards on first or second down and then be able to run the ball uh, in the fourth quarter to to make wins, to get wins. And so I don't know that they're going to all of a sudden explode onto the scene with a running game uh, that's going to be anywhere even near the middle of the pack. But I think they can develop an effective running game. I I, I like Lacey starting. I like what I saw in Davis, but I I wish he wouldn't bounce things as much. And then I like McKissick as a little changeup. You know, I know, Dave, you guys were talking – Today that maybe McKissick could be the, the every down back, but I think that, that starts to take away the advantage that you have with him because his change of pace and then the unpredictability of what he's going to do when he's in there is kind of to his advantage and uh, and it's to the team's advantage so the teams don't don't get used to him and wear him down. But uh, I, I, that, that's that's what I expect and I think you know if the offensive line can create some lanes, get some push and just get the reps. You know, you still got to get reps in the game, too, to get into a rhythm. So if they get a chance to get the reps, I think they'll be fine.
4: Ray, if you were coaching Thomas Rawls, what would you tell him?
3: You know, the first thing, honestly, the first thing I would tell Thomas is um, sometimes you just got to get into a rhythm of just doing it the way you used to do it. And so you have to even make it simpler than how he runs. I would just say, I, I just want you to hit the hole the first four or five times you get the ball. I just want you to hit the hole. Don't worry about the cutback. Don't worry about if we're going to you know gain 20 yards or 50 yards. Just hit the front side and just get some push, and then go from there. Just get a feel again for where the line of scrimmage is, how to be decisive, and then and then and then from there just play off his instincts. And then he'll see those backside cuts, or he'll or he can get to some of those runs that he used to get to. Right now, he's trying to do everything. He wants to go full steam, and then he wants to cut back, and then he doesn't know where to go and cuts in the backfield. And so runs hard. You know all these get, try to get extra yards, turn the ball over and he just needs to even simplify his running approach to the game to get the rhythm back. It's like a a bad shooter, you know, getting to the free throw line or getting to the layup versus hitting the threes to get back into a rhythm.
0: Ray, if the Seahawks win on Sunday against the Eagles, Russell Wilson, you think he gets serious, serious consideration for MVP if that happens?
3: You know, I, I think... The last few years, he should have gotten serious consideration every time. Whether he won it or not is a different story. But the way that he's carried his team at times been 85% of the total offense and still keeping them on track to win games and have a winning record and complement the defense well, stay healthy, still complete the ball at a high percentage. He's the highest-rated fourth-quarter quarterback in the league. He's he's outscored Uh, the other other quarterbacks. uh, You know, they've outscored other teams almost 2-1. to in the second half and so uh i think he should get some strong consideration especially if they play well and and the the win is a direct direct result of what he's doing
2: Ray, have you had a chance to watch this philadelphia defense uh, we, we were talking earlier that uh at least their front seven it, they are physical they fly to the football they are having fun have you ever had a chance to, to, to watch these guys yet
3: well, just just a few games. I haven't watched any film. The one thing I do like is that they kind of have the their defense kind of struts like the old Seahawks defense, where they they come in and just they know exactly what they're going to do, and they're not really concerned about how you're going to do it. And then the secondary plays with a lot of confidence and mach, and, you know some machoism and uh, cockiness to some some degree. And so they kind of have the spirit of a Seahawks young hungry defense. And so I, I think. If, uh, if the offensive line isn't up to the task or if the ball isn't come out on time, if we're not getting any kind of rhythm in the passing game, they, they obviously have an, an ability to shut people down. I think they're one of the top run defenses and pass defenses in the league.
4: Ray, I love you for a lot of reasons, but uh, most recently is that you used a derivative of macho. Machoism. <laughs> I have not heard that word in a long time. Good on you, man. Save that for Sunday. Bring that... Bring that same thing on Sunday when we do the pregame show. Ray. Absolutely, big dog. Ray, you think the Seahawks win on Sunday?
3: You know what? I, I think it's going to be hard for them to win. I don't know. I, I really do think that the Eagles are a real deal. And even I would still think that if they lost here. Uh, this is a tough place to come and win. But I, I think it's going to be hard for Seattle to, uh, to stay on the scoreboard with them. Wow.
0: All right, Ray. Well, man, we really appreciate you taking the time. Did you get? To, uh, did you enjoy a little bit of that game? I mean, did you see something different with the Cowboys? Cowboys seemed like they were playing better in this game.
3: You know, it's, it's like they've been all year, up and down. You know, it's it depend a lot offensively on the quarterback. And then I think uh, if the defense can shorten the field and get turnovers, I think they do all right. But they still look like a team that's looking for an identity. I think they are being impacted by the Zeke Elliott thing more than they want to Lead on because it has tur- t- told uh, turned Dak Prescott into a totally different player, and so he used to be calm and collected and uh, precise and decisive, and now he's creating turnovers, taking sacks, you know, making those you know, can't get connected with uh, Brian and all those things. So I don't I don't see anything overwhelming about them that would give Seahawks you know, trouble down the road. Ray, what was your thoughts on the whole Eli Manning and the New York Giants? Um, uh, just. I don't know the whole story about how it went down, but to, um, from what I'm hearing, just the way they did it and the way they communicated it and then the way he was just kind of left out there in the locker room to try to answer the questions and didn't really kind of know what was going on, uh, I, I think he deserved a little bit more respect than that. Like a, I've been a guy before, like late in my career, obviously I was, wasn't Peyton Manning, but I mean uh, Eli Manning, but there was a point in my career where you know I had to do sacrifice, if you want to call it that, and coming off the bench or, you know, get reps where I can get them. And it's very uh, humbling and hard to take. And then being in a position like his in a city like that and the things that he's done for that team, uh think they could have handled it a little better.
0: Well, Ray, we really appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us for Seahawks Weekly. I'm quite sure I'll see you this Sunday. Make sure you come by and say hi, my man at Touchdown City.
3: Oh, absolutely. I might uh, get up on stage and, like, you know, jump on the ones and twos there for a little bit.
0: Uh, we, I want to see a moonwalk. I want you to, yeah, I want you to come
3: dance. Ray has a job you, on the I don't pregame know if you show. Would call what I do a moonwalk? <laughs> Ray, 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 will it's you come up like there? A, like a, it's more like the bulldozer walk. I don't know. If will I'm, you come on stage and? Will you come on stage and twerk? Twerk, twerk. twerk. No, no, I can you spell twerk.
2: Thank you, Ray. Thank <laughs> Appreciate you. you. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. The show just went off the
0: hinges. That's Ray Roberts, man. Thanks a lot for joining us. Coming up next, we give our game predictions with Dave Wyman and Paul Moyer. I'm G. Scott. Seahawks Weekly.
3: All,
0: All right. right. Man, Seahawks Weekly has been fired. Welcome back, everybody. Listen to Seahawks Weekly right here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar, And, of course, the food is always spectacular. A big thank you to Bobby Wagner. He was here at 8 o'clock, and we just had Ray Roberts on. He came on and talked to us about his predictions of everything. But now it's time for us To talk about game predictions, I got Paul Moyer and Dave Wyman to talk about this. All right, big game, Sunday night, prime time. The Seahawks, the last time they've lost three home games in a row. Mm. I don't know. I I can't remember a time that that's (laughs) happened. So who wants to go first with this game prediction? You know what? How about I go first? I'm going to start with a positive. All right, you go. I'll start with a positive. I think Seahawks win. And and there's so many things that are in the way, like Dave Wyman has been talking about the entire show, and I think you're right. You can kind of tell that the guys are starting to get a little bit of a chip. For K.J. Wright to come out and start talking, K.J. doesn't talk. Mm -hmm. He's basically saying, man, okay, enough's enough already with this defense not being over with. This Seahawks defense still has a lot. Like you said earlier, there are teams in the National Football League that would kill – to have this amount of players on their defense still, and what I mean by still, they still have Earl Thomas, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, Sheldon Richardson, Michael Bennett, uh, Frank Clark. I can keep going. Jaron Reed, Shaq Griffin. And you know what? As it's, it's crazy as it seems, Jay Lane and Byron Maxwell aren't doing that bad in, at the corner spots, and you know you have Justin, Griff, Justin Coleman and Shaq Griffin, and also you still have number three, Russell Wilson, Something about his back against the wall, he seems to come through. I bet on curly hair number three, Russell Wilson. Seahawks win Sunday night. They win 31-28.
4: I like it. Uh, you know it, it. It's kind of funny how the, the week goes on and you, you look. And so, Paul, you've been talking a lot about the Philly defense. When I look at the Philly offense, that's where I'm like, wow, this this is a – I, I love watching that offense. I hate to say it. Carson Wentz, the way he's playing, he's so smart. He's got a very calming, steady influence. And then LeGarrett Blunt, you look at the big plays. They have 31 pass plays over 20 yards and like 16 runs over 20 yards. LeGarrett Blunt, Jay Ajayi. And so that's the thing that has kind of freaked me out all week and if you'd asked me this on Monday or Tuesday I would have said yeah it's yeah it's gonna be a tough out I don't think they win this one but yeah I just you know started thinking about that whole thing about the defense and you know sometimes a player that you know like Sean Lee in Dallas mentioned this at the beginning of the show he's a guy that they absolutely have to have in order to have success I think Earl Thomas is that guy on this defense that they absolutely have to have. Well, they got him, and they also got all those guys you mentioned. And I would mention Justin Coleman in that group as well. I really like the way he's, he's playing. So I, I think it's going to be on our defense to start, stop their offense. I already made my case about Russell settling early and, and getting the five-yard check down and having a good first half. I think it's one of those that they win by, like, one point. I'll go 24-23 Seahawks.
2: I, well, when I think it's going to be a great game. And they, Philadelphia's won nine games in a row. They're 10-1 and 1 for a reason. They're very good on both sides of the ball. I don't think their offense is world-beating offense where you go, oh, my goodness, how are we going to stop that? they got a very nice running game. They've changed it up a bunch. Uh, they've got some okay skill position guys, Wentz has amazing confidence in his arm and this is where we're going to have to win he is going to throw passes and tight windows we've got to get tips our hands on the ball and we've got to come up with those plays and when we come up with those plays we got to knock them out we, we can't hang around with these guys we we've got to knock them out we got to score and score often early and it's going to take some turnovers and they're there I know that it hasn't shown up in the stats but it's showing up in the opportunities and we've got to get those opportunities our def- we have to play a perfect game. I really believe that. We cannot turn the ball over. we got to force some turnovers. And more importantly, we got to take advantage of those turnovers. Field position. This is going to be a great game. It's going to be a statement game because we're going to have to play them again. More than likely on the road. Because it- they've got one loss. We've we got four. It's going to be tough for us to catch up. And that statement has to be, we can beat you even if we have to go into Philadelphia. It's going to be a great game. Guys, you, play- you guys played in the
0: league. Sometimes in the National Football League, some teams peak too early, you know what I mean, or some pe- teams peak at the right time. I remember 2012, New York Giants nine and seven, wild card team. They peaked at the right time, when the Super Bowl. Right. You guys don't think the Eagles maybe peak too soon?
4: It could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at uh, Baltimore, the year they won the Super Bowl. Yep. You know when they peaked in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> My God, they limped into the playoffs and they went on on a huge run. So
0: look at Kansas City right
4: now. Yeah, and. The thing is, you know, I, I don't want to put this about what the Eagles are about. I think it's more about what the Seahawks are about, and I just think that we underestimate how the depth is and how good we are on defense. So, you know, that the the only part that bothers me, I guess, a little bit, is that that Russell is such a big part of it that he's eighty six percent of it. But you know what? He's your best player, and he's an MVP candidate. So
2: I that's think why. the Seahawks make are him ninety percent. Best game of the. Year. I really, I think they play their best game of the year. They're going yes. f- or find a way to win this game. Did Philadelphia peak too soon? No, but their schedule, it's the easiest schedule in the league. They played four of their last five games at home. This will be their toughest game by a long shot in the last mm-hmm. five games. Long shot. Yep. And so I think we're battle-tested. We've played some tough games. We haven't won some of them, but we're battle-tested. We'll see how good Philadelphia is on Sunday.
0: Well, i uh- Big special thank you to our producer, Curtis Rogers, better known as C-Rodge. Our engineers, John Metzler and Brenna Hutchinson, Jessica Kelly. And back on the ones and tunes, Brian Shoning, better known as Beezy. Really appreciate him. And appreciate everybody that came here for Seahawks Weekly. We really love you guys coming out. We got Paul Moyer, Dave Wyman. I'm G. Scott. You've been listening to Seahawks Weekly.